2 Peter 3, verses 11 to 13. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, this is the last. We have one more reading in for or Second Peter tomorrow, um, which will be the final words. But this is kind of like the end of the discourse, the meat of the discourse. And uh, being the end of the discourse, it's also about the end of time itself. The end of time and space. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So another, uh, you know, light, tangible topic today. Yep. Joined by the great Barrett Fisher, the Barfaccio of Christ's covenant. And uh, so Barrett, uh, we got all things being dissolved. Mm-hmm. We got lives of holiness and godliness. Mm-hmm. The waiting for and hastening of the coming day of God. Yep. Um, and we got some burning heavenly bodies. Yep. So uh, I am going to let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on what uh, what Peter is kind of saying here and why he's even saying it to these believers in the Roman Empire. Yeah, this has been uh, somewhat of, I mean, this has been a theme in chapter three and I guess in 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 uh, the second letter of uh, that Peter's written as a whole, but, you know, it's it's talking about kind of these end times. And so I was saying a couple of days ago, number one, always approach eschatology, study of the last things or study of the end times, mm-hmm. always approach eschatology with humility because if the moment you say you've figured it all out, I you are totally discredited in my mind. Yes. Uh, yes. And so uh, none of us have it all figured out. It is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number two, there is tons of figurative language that is surrounding the yep. end times. I think the book of Revelation is... Uh, I would say probably mostly figurative language. Um, and, and so it's it's going to be very difficult to know exactly how it's going to play out. And I don't think we will know. Mm. Um, and I don't think we have to know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it is very fascinating to study. And I think you will actually learn a lot as you start to study it. Because yeah. you see that, you know, things like in the book of Revelation actually refer back to the book of Daniel, the book of Ezekiel. I mean, it's like, the Old Testament references in the book of Revelation are mm. uh, literally, there's like a thousand. Mm. Um, one guy that I was reading, a guy named Greg Beal, he literally pulls out like a thousand what he thinks are references to the Old Testament. Some of yeah. them are very overt. Some of them seem to be a little more covert in nature. But um, so, so I think we approach it with humility. I think we realize that there's lots of figurative language that the Bible uses surrounding the end times. Um, but it, you know, these these are it, it does point to the fact that history is moving in a direction. Yes, and that you know the script scripture is telling this story from the beginning of time. You know, from God creating the world to kind of moving to this new heavens and new earth, and that is in fact you know what Revelation twenty one and twenty two, the last two chapters of the Bible, end up with is this you know this new heaven and new earth kind of thing. Now, the interesting thing is that this passage right here 
is talking about how the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved mm. and the heavenly bodies, presumably like planets, stars, yep. you know, things like that, that they will melt as they burn. Um, and so it's talking about these things. It's like, oh my goodness, like the whole universe or something is going to all burn. So where does that leave all of us? Mm -hmm. You know, what's going to happen? Like, where are we going to be when all this burning happens? And so it it seems to be more figurative language. And I mentioned it a couple of days ago that it's kind of like when you melt down gold and you're trying to, you're trying to get to pure gold, you, you heat it to a certain temperature to where the, the dross or the, you know, the impurities rise to the top and they scrape off the impurities. And, and it seems to be this image of that that Peter is 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 talking about yeah. where this you know intense heat or pressure which I would say is like God's judgment mm-hmm. is brought on the earth and brought on the universe maybe the universe as a whole but it it is it is purifying in a sense to where the impurities rise to the mm-hmm. top or are sectioned off you know the sheep and the goats the wheat and the tares and those type things and and this destruction or uh, sorry this judgment is happening where God is bringing his wrath. I think that's a very biblical concept that God is bringing his wrath on the earth and specifically those who um, have chosen to follow their own path in life. And, and those are, you know, as it were scraped off the top and discarded or, you know, put into the lake of fire or however you, you know, however scripture talks about that. And then, um, and then you have this, you know, pure people of God that is left over And part of what I would base that on, and I, I, I referenced it a little bit yesterday right there at the end, um, and in continuing the thought with this passage, is something like Revelation 21, where you get this picture in the first uh, four or five verses of Revelation 21, where it, it, it actually says that the the new Jerusalem, like this this heavenly city, this new, new heavens, new earth kind of thing, is coming down out of heaven to mm. earth. And so... I, for one, believe that God has a plan for this physical earth, which yeah. is actually fascinating to think about in terms of like all the space exploration efforts that are going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Elon Musk and spa- uh, SpaceX and Blue oh, Origin, yeah. you know, all these different all these different guys. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong to do this. I think it's fascinating, actually. But they seem to be, you know, determined to find life on another planet. And like as far out as they go, they can never find life on another planet. And they're always looking for one thing. They're always looking for water. Yeah. Because uh, water is the source of life. And and so as they look, they can't ever find it. And it, you know, and maybe one day they will find life on planet uh, on another planet. I don't know. But um, what it, the thought it brings me back to is like, it is so amazing that there's this one tiny little planet in this vast universe mm-hmm. that, God has actually put us on and we're, we're breathing air and like we're in this like thriving environment where we can actually, um, live and breathe and have our being, you know, as, as, as Paul says, but, um, so it's, it's fascinating that we're here. Um, and so it makes me think that there is an actual purpose that God has for this physical earth Hmm. and that, um, you know, that, that the new heavens and the new earth is going to involve in some way this earth. And so, so I don't know that this is talking about a physical burning that is going to take place. I think it's figurative language. Now, all that to say, I think one of the things that, that Peter is getting around to 
is what he says in verse 11. He says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming day of God? Mm. So I, I, I think this is, this is kind of uh, Peter's point. Like there's going to be some craziness that goes down in the last days. And I kind of wish Peter had given us, you know, more details on how this is going to go down. But he's basically saying, what kind of people ought you to be? You should live lives of holiness. You should live lives of godliness. Yeah. You should live lives that are wait, waiting for the coming day of God. And I think that's a very interesting concept because I don't know that all of us live with, um, I mean, how often do we like, lift up our heads and yeah. think about and have this like waiting and yearning for like Jesus to return. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think all of us, we don't do that very much. I know I don't do that very yeah. much. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, somewhat versed in scripture. And yeah. it's like, I know that I should be doing this and scripture commands it. And this is not the only place it says it over and over in the new Testament but that we ought to be waiting for the Lord and waiting for this day of the Lord to come, waiting for Jesus to return. And so we we need to have this, we need to be people who are, are contemplating and meditating on the fact that Jesus is returning. And actually it's a very, I mean, it's a very powerful thought when totally. you start to think that because like hope enters into the picture, like, you know, a, a purpose to what all is going on around us, I think, enters into the picture. Mm-hmm. And it starts to make sense of some of the things around us and can be a very yeah. powerful thing and really encourage us in our faith to live in the way that, you know, Peter is saying here to to live lives of holiness and godliness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I love all that. I love that he lands it on. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells yeah you know righteousness i I think we need to spend more time like this is something that uh that god has really like impressed on me but having a right view of righteousness um because the word righteousness it kind of has this like jadedness about it because you know there's like self-righteousness and like high horse kind of syndrome Um, and so it's not like the most popular word, but actually like the idea, the concept of like absolute holistic, everything as it should be yeah. is so beautiful. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me think of uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, my, my good friend, James Cole married Bailey Manziel two Christ covenant members. Um, and James is a good friend from college. So really sweet time. Uh, you know, just some of our best friends from college and new friends from Christ covenant, all there and they got married up in Rabin County, Georgia. So like Rabin Gap, uh, Northeast, like right at the North Carolina border. Um, and it is just beautiful up there. Mm -hmm. And it was like late October, the leaves were changing and it was a very kind of outdoorsy centric wedding weekend. So for the rehearsal dinner, um, it was at like one of the Airbnbs, which was like just on this farm and it was outside this cabin and there were these tables set up like beautifully and brother Billy from, uh, or I can't remember what his name was. Basically. Billy, Billy sounds good. Yeah. Let's call him Bro- Billy. One of James's like childhood pastors yeah, and like, yeah. music minister at first Baptist Dothan, like cooked <laughs> all the food. Nice. So it was like, just like this great, like best mashed potatoes Love ever, it. like kind of meal. But I say all that to say, I, I do have a point. <laughs> we were sitting there and I'd like gone up to go like get a drink and I was like walking back 
Um, and you know, it was, the sun was setting and it was real dusky and we're sitting in this field that's like surrounded by mountains and it was just beautiful. Mm. And there was some music like really softly playing, but mainly just the sound was like people just laughing and like talking. Right. And it it was one of those moments. It was holistically beautiful. Like everything about it was awesome. It felt amazing. It looked amazing. It, It was just awesome. And like that was a taste of this like land of righteousness. Mm. Like it, it was, it was right. You know, like yes. that's how it should have been. Yes. And the fact that like those little glimpses as believers, it's not those little moments of life or when you're standing up in a national park or mm. looking at a city skyline at night from like a great lookout. Like if you have this like ultimately nihilistic view of the world where this is all going to eventually like, die out and go yeah. into another ice age and like whatever. Right. Um, then it's really depressing and yep. sad. You kind of have to hold on to those moments as you get them because like that's yeah. all you got and then you die and it's over. Yeah. But as believers, we live according to a promise that that is what is in front of us for all of eternity. Yeah. So we don't like hold on to those things anxiously, but it restores joy and we wait for it. We hasten the coming day of God. And in the meantime, what you were just saying it changes how we live because we want to live in harmony with that. We That's want to live lives of beauty, of godliness, of holiness. And it becomes less of this like task oriented morality, like trope. Hmm. And it's more of this, like, man, we have tasted and we, like, we've heard the music of the distant country. Hmm. And so we live according to that. And I just love that. Like living according to a land of righteousness. It reminds me of uh, Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, you know, he's talking about Abraham says he was out there living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Mm. So if we live with this idea of God as like the cosmic architect, you know, we don't know like if Mars is going to melt away or whatnot. Mm. But what we do know is what is in front of us is a land of righteousness and beauty. And it's like that eternal wedding dinner Mm. that just never ends. So, man. Dude, I'm ready to go, like, enjoy a meal with you right now. Dude, let's just (laughs) go up to the mountains. Barry and I are going to be picnicking tonight (laughs) in Rabin, Georgia, if anyone wants to join. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All are welcome. All are welcome. Righteousness will dwell there. (laughs) Righteousness will dwell. Oh, I love it. All right, man, an amazing word. Um, gosh, we got one more in Second Peter, um, or as Barrett would say, two Peter. That's it. And for the great Barrett Fisher, the Barfaccio, the Foch, this is Will Carlisle. And man, we'll see you tomorrow in the land of righteousness on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.